This is the Truth Hurts Program. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm going to dispense with the Friday jingle because we have news to announce. Of course, it's nothing major. We all knew it was coming, the sham indictment of Donald Trump. A very politicized, in my opinion, grand jury was impaneled in New York, supposedly unbiased, with the goal, the target, the design, the intent of indicting the former president. Anything to make Donald Trump look bad in the eyes of the American people D.A. Alvin Bragg made it his mission when he ran for office, when he ran to be the district attorney of Manhattan. He said his purpose for running was to indict Donald Trump, Donald Trump's family, Donald Trump's business organization. That's what he set out to do, and he has found a way to impanel a grand jury who thinks like he does. The problem with this indictment, of course, is the crime, the so-called crime, of getting Stormy Daniels, a hoe, to sign a non-disclosure agreement, which is done in business and in government every single day of the year in all 50 states, at the local, county, state, federal, and tribal levels. The statute of limitations for the alleged crime expired many, many years ago. The whole idea of this indictment is just to say, you actually want Donald Trump to run for president? He was impeached twice. He was indicted. This guy doesn't deserve to be the president. But it may all backfire on the Democratic political party. It may backfire on Joe Biden and Camel Toe Harris. It may backfire on people like Bernie Sanders, Chuck Schumer, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, Elizabeth Warren, Hakeem Jeffries, and others. Because overnight, after the announcement of the indictment, which we still don't know what the indictment was for. That is still sealed in secrecy. After the announcement of the indictment, the sham indictment, all of the Republican Party came together to decry, to denounce, to call it out for what it is. Fake witch hunt BS. Even Ron DeSantis, the man running against Trump for the presidential nomination in the Republican Party, was not in approval of this sham phony indictment. What has happened here is what I predicted on the Truth Hurts program a few weeks ago. If Donald Trump is indicted on some BS charges, which it appears he has been, the entire Republican Party, conservatives, and independents, and even some Democrats have seen through the web of lies, through the curtain of deception, through the blanket of garbage. They know this was political motivation. They know this was designed and intended to tarnish further the reputation of Donald Trump because they are so very worried, so concerned, and so scared that Donald Trump will indeed be the Republican nominee and have to run against Joe Biden again. And after seeing the disaster that Joe Biden has wrought upon our nation, from the economy to crime to border insecurity to international disastrous decisions, to empty shelves, they know in the Democratic political party that if there is a showdown between Donald Trump and gropey Joe Biden, Donald Trump will likely win in a landslide. That's the truth. Good morning, everybody. Friday, the last day of March 2023. 
This is Steve Z, and you're listening to the Truth Hurts program. Of course, when you ask what this indictment is for, you read all types of different opinions. The actual indictment, of course, is sealed. But CNN's Kara Schanel writes, Donald Trump indicted by Manhattan Grand Jury on more than 30 counts related to business fraud. More than 30 counts related to business fraud? Come now, really. This is the first time, they say, that any American former or current president has faced criminal charges. That's because the Biden crime family has gotten a pass, both now as president and when his boss was president, Barack Hussein Obama. Bill Clinton should have gotten some, but of course he got a pass too. And of course the speculation is, are the cops going to go in and cuff him and make him do the perp walk and fingerprint him and mugshot him? Well, fingerprints and mugshots are required. Trump will most likely simply walk into a courtroom in Manhattan on Tuesday of next week. The Secret Service will certainly not allow any local or state cop to put cuffs on a former president. The indictment was filed under seal and may be announced in coming days. And the fact of the matter is, the charges are not publicly known at this time. Alvin Bragg has been investigating the former president in connection with his alleged role in what they call a hush money payment scheme and a cover-up involving adult film star Stormy Daniels that date back to the 2016 presidential election. Let me set this up for you. Hi, Donald Trump. I'm Stormy Daniels. I'm just about as hot as you can get. I don't know. Have you seen my wife? Yeah, but is she giving you what I can give you right now? Come on, baby. Let me hook you up. And then, of course, whatever happened, happened. There was a meeting, either an M-E-E-T-I-N-G or an M-E-A-T-I-N-G, between the president and Ms. Daniels. And then she said, if you don't give me money, I'm going to tell your beautiful, gorgeous wife. This whole thing reeks of some setup from the word go. Of course, Trump has released their statement in response to the indictment. He says, quote, political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history. I believe this witch hunt will backfire massively on Joe Biden. The American people realize exactly what the radical left Democrats are doing here. Everyone can see it. So our movement and our party, united and strong, will first defeat Alvin Bragg. Then we will defeat Joe Biden. We're going to throw every last one of these crooked Democrats out of office so we can make America great again. Now, this article says Trump was caught off guard by the grand jury's decision to indict him. No, we know better. Trump knew this was coming two weeks ago, and he fully expected to be arrested a week and a half ago. There was no surprise here. Of course, Bragg's office says it is in touch with Trump's lawyers, and they expect him to, quote, turn himself in, unquote. And, of course, congressional Republicans quickly rallied to Trump's defense, attacking Bragg on Twitter, accusing the DA of the political witch hunt under which he has begun. Judiciary Chairman of the House Jim Jordan says it's outrageous in a tweet. Ted Cruz calls the indictment completely unprecedented, and it is a catastrophic escalation in the weaponization of the justice system. Now, here's what we do know as a fact. A $130,000 payment was made by Michael Cohen to Stormy Daniels in late October of 2016 before the 2016 presidential election. Supposedly, he did it to silence her from going public about an alleged affair that supposedly occurred 
a decade before that, in 2006, Trump has denied the affair. The statute of limitations has long since expired, but it doesn't matter. If you say, Mr. So-and-so the teacher is a pervert and likes looking at the little girl's legs and chest bumps, even if he doesn't, even if he's never been seen doing it, all you have to do is say, Mr. So-and-so is a pervert, a pedophile. Even if it could be proven that he's not, the stigma will always stick. And that is what the Democrat Party is trying for here. They simply want to say the twice impeached and indicted former president should not run for office again, should not be president. Oh my God, he's a criminal. If the same vim and vigor were applied to investigating the Joe Biden crime family, the Hunter Biden dealings, we would have an indicted current president. But for some reason, there is no equal justice under our laws in the United States when it comes to democratic political figures. There's no equal application of our laws, that's for certain. There is a double standard and of course the hypocrisy. Many American people have such a hatred for Donald Trump the person because he's brash, cocky, arrogant, wealthy, and they're jealous of his success. I was one of those people. When he was on The Apprentice, I did not like him. I thought he was an arrogant piece of crap. I thought he was full of himself. I thought he was a mean-spirited prick. But that sometimes is what we need in leadership. Someone with the balls to stand up to foreigners, like the illegal criminal law-breaking, trespassing, invading migrants at the southern border. Like Xi Jinping. Like Vladimir Putin. Like Kim Jong-un. Those people are all walking right over the top of gropey Joe Biden, the feeble-minded, mental midget in the White House. Cohen himself is in a lot of legal trouble. According to court filings in his own federal prosecution, he claims the Trump Organization executives authorized payments to him, totaling $420,000 to cover his $130,000 alleged payment to Stormy Daniel and to cover up his tax liabilities and reward him with a bonus. The Trump Organization noted that the reimbursements as legal expenses in its internal books is a denial of any payment to Stormy Daniels. And they can't prove that. At issue, of course, in the investigation is the payment that was made to Daniels by Cohen, not by Donald Trump. Nothing has ever been proffered in evidence to state that here's 420000 for you, this will cover all of your own tax liabilities, Please send her a check for $130,000 to shut her up, and there's a little something-something in here for you at the end. This is a massive witch hunt, and if you can't see that, then you are either blindly loyal to the Democratic political party, or you're just stupid. This is the Truth Hurts program. The Trump indictment is not the only thing in the news today. Michigan State University has a language guide that is now instructing people on campus to stop using very offensive words like America, Christmas tree, bunny. Michigan State University has a style guide that objects to and has assigned alternate words for some of America's most fundamental phrases like pioneer and frontier. Those words in the Michigan State University style guide refer to what they call colonial language. And colonial language means racism. Other problematic examples include holiday-themed mentions of Christmas trees, reindeer, eggs, and bunnies. As first reported by the Campus Reform, 
Michigan State University declared in its inclusiveness guide that the institution values communication practices that support belonging for all Michigan State University Spartans. In alignment with strategic efforts around what they call diversity, equity, and inclusion, this inclusive guide provides what they call best practices for communications in gender, in sexuality, in race, in ethnicity, in global identity, and in disability. I thought disability was a bad word. I thought it was supposed to be called otherwise abled. Rather than merely condemning the common words that they claim have a controversial origin in America's so-called racial history, many of the changes discourage terminology for historical concepts. One section in particular warns against indigenous stereotyping and colonial language being used. Words like tribe, low man on the totem pole, bury the hatchet, rain dance, shaman on the warpath, savage, barbarian, off the reservation, scalped, peace pipe, spirit animal or spirit guide, hold down the fort, pioneer, frontier, founder, or the phrase conquer and divide are all now words that they feel should not be used. And if a college student uses any of those phrases in everyday speech, or especially when writing a term paper, well, that could have some dire consequences for the student. Many of these phrases are essential to discussing American history. The list goes on to argue against what they call American-centric or first world language. They frown upon words like foreigner, alien, illegal immigrant, illegals, trespassers, America, when referring to the United States. When referring to the United States refers to North America, Central America, and South America, they feel that when you say we as Americans are feeling superior because we're claiming that America is only for us. When it comes to religion, the Michigan State University list chides against using charged words and judgment labels, such as extremist, militant, terrorist, radical, fundamentalist, cult, sect, devout, pious. But at the same time, it discourages even any mention, any mention whatsoever to any Christian holiday in America, like Easter, Christmas, or Jewish religious symbols like Hanukkah, Passover. Quote from the guide, in winter and spring, avoid references to majority religious imagery and language, such as the word Mary, or Christmas trees, wreaths, holly, bells, gifts, reindeer, bunnies, eggs, and chicks. Instead, use terms like wishing you a wonderful winter break, hoping you have a great spring break, or best wishes for the new year. Don't say Merry Christmas. Don't even say Happy Holidays, because holidays implies that it is the religious holiday. The guide warns against using the wrong terminology for obese people, citing, of course, the diversity of size amongst the campus community. Beware of the terms obese, obesity, overweight, fat, chunky, chubby, thick. The guide says using those words are pathogenizing stigmas in the size diversity community. The guide further says, do not use these terms when describing individuals outside of communicating about research. Use terms like higher weight or larger bodied if necessary. Consider the barriers that students of size face in marketing, events, and classroom experiences. Oh yes now, being overweight, fat, chunky, chubby, obese, or thick is now a protected class at MSU. A spokesman for the university says, 
The university does not ban specific terms through the Inclusive Language Guide. The guide simply provides recommendations, not requirements, for more inclusive communications at the university. The guide also provides guidance on ways to be more inclusive with imagery use during holiday seasons in the winter and spring by encouraging individuals to consider how using imagery solely from one religion might contribute to other religions feeling excluded or less than. Michigan State University acknowledges and supports the identities, histories, and experiences of its diverse student and employee population. Inclusive communications are integral to providing a world-class learning, living, and working environment where all are welcome. Yeah, this is the Truth Hurts program. There was a mass shooting by a transgender, dykish, mannish-looking girl who couldn't accept the fact that she was a girl. Despite the fact that every time she pulled down her pants to take a whiz, there was a vagina there instead of her oh-so-hoped-for penis and testicles. She got mad. She got angry. She went out and bought guns. She wrote a manifesto, all signs of a deranged lunatic. Had this been an actual guy that did this, there would be story after story after story in the mainstream leftist liberal woke media decrying what the dude did, especially if he ever dared vote Republican or have a Trump sticker on his pickup truck. But you see, this was supposedly a gender-confused, transgender girl who wants to be a boy, freak, and we shouldn't speak ill of the transgenders that are out there. She went into a school with the intention, the willfulness, the purpose of murdering specific people at that school that she found offensive to her. She went in there with a mental illness. That was her weapon. Did she use guns? Yes. She could have just as easily used poison, knives, explosives. She could have just as easily waited in the parking lot and run those individuals down, but she chose to use guns. That doesn't make the guns evil. A GOP congressman shouted down by New York Democrat on gun control decided to clap back with some facts. Representative Thomas Massey's office fired back after the Kentucky Republican was caught on video having a heated exchange with Democrat Blafrican American Representative Jamal Bowman over gun control. It's in black and brown communities every day. Gun trafficking, guns coming in, killing innocent people. Ask them every day, what are they gonna do about gun violence? Don't let them off the hook. If you don't ask them, it's on you. What are they gonna do? They have control of the house. The American people need to know that they don't have the courage to do anything to save the lives of children. The American people need to know that you have to ask them every day. Don't let them off the hook. Don't let them talk about TikTok. Don't let them talk about nonsense. Talk about the lives of children. American children are being killed in the suburbs, in rural communities, in urban communities. Black, white, brown, indigenous, everyone, aging, everyone. Ask them the questions. Don't even talk to us. Ask them. And they go to the Senate and ask the same questions. They're cowards. They're all cowards. They won't do anything to save the lives of our children at all. Cowards. Pressure them. Force them to respond to the question, why the hell won't you do anything to save America's children? And let them explain that all the way up until Election Day on 2024. Let them explain it all the way up to Election Day on 2024. They're Cowards, they're gutless. We're not here. I'm talking about gun violence. You know, there's never been a school, in a school that allows teachers to care. 
Karen Dodds, would you, would you more guns lead to more death. More guns lead to more death. Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. No, no, no. Karen and the woman from the gun lobby. No, no. Look at the data. More guns lead to more deaths. States that have open carry laws have more death. In every school, states that have open carry laws have more death. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good children are dying. Principal. I was in cafeterias every protecting school kids that allows every day of my career. There's never Clown. been a shooting. Clown. Never Clown. been a, a shooting. It's time. Look, we've got guns here to protect us. And he doesn't believe the kids should have somebody to protect them. Every school that's allowed it has never had a shooting. Not even an accidental discharge in any of the schools. So. Okay, folks. I just wanted you to hear that exchange between Thomas Massey and Representative Bowman. Mr. Bowman was acting out of control, screaming, spouting lies, accusing Republicans of being cowards and gutless, using the F word, using other foul and abusive language, screaming like an unhinged animal. Mr. Massey walked by and said, what are you talking about? In a very quiet, calm, businesslike, professional demeanor with decorum, he simply asked the question, what are you talking about? And then he tried very desperately and peacefully and calmly to explain to Representative Bowman that in schools where teachers are armed, there has never been a mass shooting, not even an accidental discharge of a weapon. But Mr. Bowman wants to scream and talk about the nine-year-old cheering, the cheering. Hey, you ever work in school? Hey, you ever work in school? I work in school for 20 years. So what? He said he protected people in the schools, in the cafeterias for 20 years. Really, Mr. Bowman, how did you protect those cheerings in the schools? Of course, Bowman was quick to point out brown and black communities. He said that several times and then realized, oh, wait, I'm losing the white audience here. Then he mentioned black, white, brown, indigenous, except he mispronounced it indigenous. And then he had to come back and, oh, oh, oh and Asians. Listen, my friends, the guns were not the problem. The problem was a Democrat, progressive, woke, liberal, transgender, a nut job female who was dumb enough, mentally deranged enough to think that somehow, some way, she could stop being a boy if she just put on some boy clothes and walked around looking like she was playing Call of Duty. She was mentally unstable. It had nothing to do with the gun. It had to do with her mental illness. But Mr. Bowman wanted to scream louder and act like an animal and shout and cuss because that's what gets attention. And he was not very happy when Mr. Massey walked in calmly, coolly, and collectively shut him down. He kept screaming, what are they doing about it? Nothing. What are they doing about it? Nine-year-olds, are they going to funerals? No. He just wanted to bash Republicans in general. He made an ass of himself. Then Mr. Massey accurately said to Mr. Bowman, all you're doing is screaming. 
Why don't you go over there and continue screaming? I'll come over here and have a conversation with the reporters. But Mr. Bowman, wanting to be the bigger blacker man, had to stand in front of him, walked in front of him several times and began screaming and shouting again, trying to take the attention away from Massey's common sense. Oh, yes. Why don't you go over there and continue screaming? The man says, I was screaming before you got here. Exactly. You were screaming and carrying on like a nine-year-old, unlike Mr. Massey who was an adult in the room. This is the Truth Hurts program. News Nation writes, explained what's happening with Mayorkas and the border. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security's Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has faced multiple rounds of questioning in D.C. for matters related to his disastrous mishandling of the southern border. Republicans have been rightfully critical of Mayorkas, including some who filed articles of impeachment as the surge of illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing, invading migrants continue border crossings, which have coincided directly with Mayorkas' time in office. You might recall Mayorkas took over the Department of Homeland Security in February of 2021, right after gropey Joe Biden put his feeble fingers on the Bible and lied, claiming he was going to rein in the disaster at the southern border. Remember, Biden claimed it was Trump's border disaster, but Biden stopped the wall from being constructed. Biden diverted Border Patrol agents from being Border Patrol agents to being shuttle drivers, and cafeteria workers. Since Mayorkas took over in February of 2021, two years and one month ago, the number of migrant illegal encounters has risen to record high of more than 250,000 in December alone. It has fallen slightly in the last couple of months, but is expected to surge again now that Title 42 protections for the United States of America are ending. Beyond the political back and forth, the question is, what has the federal government been doing at the border? And how Mayorkas will handle the future? Personally, I think he's on his way out. I think Biden will have no choice but to get rid of him and put in someone a little tougher right before the election, just so he can say, look, we tried, and, and Mr. Mayorkas did a great job, but we're going to let him retire now with a full government pension, but we're going to put this guy in, and he's going to be a little tougher on border security. What's it going to take, Mr. Biden? Another 9-11 style attack where thousands of Americans are killed by someone who got across your porous border? Speaking of Stormy Daniels, the woman at the center of the investigation into former President Donald Trump, she was reportedly out riding her horse yesterday when the news broke that the former president had become the first ever commander-in-chief to be indicted on criminal charges. She claims that she wasn't aware the indictment was coming and that she didn't know it had happened for nearly two hours and that when she returned home, there were literally hundreds of messages and she called her longtime lawyer to ask him what's up. Her first reaction? Quote, she was surprised, honestly, even though it was mostly expected, her lawyer said. A few weeks ago, Daniel said she would dance down the street if and when Trump was indicted on hush money related charges stemming from her alleged affair with him way back in 2006. I have a couple of questions. One, if there was a non-disclosure agreement signed between a civilian named Donald Trump and a civilian porn star named Stormy Daniels, and she violated that non-disclosure agreement, and it caused him irreparable harm, millions of dollars in business deals, etc., shouldn't Mr. Trump be able to go after her for violating the non-disclosure agreement? Just asking. Mr. Brewster is her attorney, and he says the fact is 
She feels bad that the guy has been charged, but on the other hand, truly she knew what the facts were, and she wants him to deal with the truth as well. So from that perspective, there's a degree of feeling like the system is working. Obviously, I think the grand jury looked at a lot of documents and heard a lot of testimony and made a decision, and I have to respect that, he said. But on behalf of Stormy, and honestly myself, there's no joy in seeing the man indicted. I think it's a tragedy to see someone who has been a former president and leader of this country to be criminally charged. But you have to respect the system, and you have to respect the fact that we deal with truth and justice, and the truth is ultimately what will get him acquitted or convicted. And you know, it does prove the adage that we all believe from the time that we are little kids that no man is above the law. It really is a testament, truly, to our constitutional system. Mr. Brewster, obviously very well-versed in political speaking. Folks, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and have a fabulous Friday, a great weekend. If you're in Covington, Louisiana this evening, I'll be out with the old vintage Volkswagen bus for the first car show of the season in downtown Covington. It's a freebie. Come on out. All the shops and boutiques will be open. Free food, entertainment, and lots and lots of goodies. See you on the next edition of The Truth Hurts with Steve Z. Bye-bye for now. Hooray, it's Friday, today is Friday. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody look forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, I'm so happy it's Friday. Friday. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audio Nautics. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network. All rights reserved. <laughs>